welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of the Manchester Ship Canal Company Limited and Vauxhall Motors Limited, and the citation for this case is 2019 UKSC 46. And the case that we will be looking at this week is especially interesting because it all starts with one very simple administrative mistake and then blows up from there. Before we start, it is worth having a quick introduction to both of the parties involved in this case. The Manchester Ship Canal Company are the navigation authority of the Manchester Canal, which runs 36 miles from Manchester to the Mersey Estuary near Liverpool. Vauxhall Motors are a company that you will have likely come across before because they are a relatively big and popular car manufacturer. Despite the very different interests of these businesses, the companies do actually have a relationship with each other, and that is how this case came about. You see, Vauxhall actually have a manufacturing plant in Cheshire that sits on the banks of the Manchester Ship Canal, and in the early 60s the two parties came to an agreement that Vauxhall would be able to drain surface water and treated industrial effluent into the canal. In return, Vauxhall would pay the canal company £50 a year. Now that we are here more than 50 years later, this right is estimated to be worth hundreds of thousands of pounds, and therefore represents a major asset for the car company, and a significant loss of potential revenue for the canal. The problems of these proceedings arose in early 2014, when, due to the administrative oversight mentioned earlier on, Vauxhall failed to pay the £50 rent for that year. Unsurprisingly, the canal company were pretty delighted about this, because Clause 5 of that original licence allowed the canal company to terminate the licence if the annual rent was not paid within 28 days of a demand for it. The 28 days expired and Vauxhall was served with notice that the licence was being terminated, meaning that they were facing the prospect of having to negotiate a new licence that would have far less favourable terms for them. In response, they instead went to the High Court and requested equitable relief from forfeiture which basically means that even though they had breached a covenant, the licence should not necessarily be terminated. This relief does come at the discretion of the court, and so they will be taking into account factors such as whether the £50 has been paid in the meantime, and because this is an equitable remedy, whether termination of the licence would be unduly unfair. Vauxhall's application was successful in the High Court, and an appeal from the Canal Company was denied in the Court of Appeal. As the case made its way to the Supreme Court, it is important to try and understand the argument that the canal company is making here. This case relates to land, and the argument follows that in this situation, relief from forfeiture only applies to proprietary rights, i.e. ownership, whereas the rights that Vauxhall currently have are purely contractual in nature. The justices began their decision by looking at equitable relief cases in general, rather than purely in the context of land. For example, when it comes to personal property, in other words, property that isn't land, relief is available for either proprietary or possessory rights. Now, proprietary rights are akin to ownership, but possessory rights are less than that and do not require a proprietary interest at all. If this same rule were applied to land cases, then the canal company would be in trouble because... While it is common ground that ownership rights are protected, this analogy would potentially extend relief to other rights that fall short of ownership, such as the contractual rights of Vauxhall. 
Thus, the next question for the justices was whether there should indeed be an extension of equitable relief from personal property to land, and it was found that there could be for a number of reasons. Firstly, relief from forfeiture has its origins in the context of land, so it is not like this would be the law venturing into new pastures. Secondly, there is no real argument against the analogy between personal property and land, as the rights in both operate along similar lines. Finally, if there were to be a distinction, then that would lead to some rather arbitrary results in the case law that would potentially operate unfairly. One other argument that was raised by the canal company was whether the concept of possessory rights is simply too broad and would therefore lead to a great deal of uncertainty in the law. This, however, was rejected because the term is actually already in use in the context of commercial law and with that background, there would be no issue in using it here as well. In fact, we can use this to tell us that the rights that Vauxhall have are actually possessory in nature, because they involve a high degree of control over the land in perpetuity. In conclusion then, the relief from forfeiture of possessory rights in land is allowed, and Vauxhall were successful in getting the licence reinstated. As a final point, it is important to note that possessory rights does not mean all rights in land, and so there will necessarily be some restrictions in the operation of this principle. At first glance, the outcome of this case can appear to be more than a little harsh. After all, Vauxhall have a very sweet deal going where they can make use of the Manchester Canal for only £50 a year, and all they have to do is remember to actually pay the money. It stands to reason that if they fail to do this, then they should be the ones that lose out, but if this were the other way around, then we can soon see the importance of relief from forfeiture. Imagine that you are renting a house somewhere, and one of the rules is that you have to mow the lawn every week. You do this faithfully for several years, but then one week you are on holiday and aren't able to mow the lawn, so the landlord decides to kick you out. Now that would obviously be incredibly harsh, and so you can see why relief from forfeiture does exist, and how it can offer important protections to those in a comparatively more vulnerable position. That is why I think that this decision is the correct one in the end. I can see the advantage of applying contracts more strictly, as this offers a greater degree of certainty. But when that operates harshly, it is only right that the law is able to step in to correct an injustice. This is the entire point of equitable remedies, such as the relief in this case. Of course, the law has to offer a greater degree of certainty, but if that comes at the cost of justice, then it is no longer worth the price. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this episode of the UK Law Weekly Podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provides the theme music. Good luck to everyone who is working on coursework over the holidays, and the only thing that remains for me to say is that I hope you all have a wonderful festive period, and I will be back with another case as usual next week, so make sure to tune in for that. Alright, bye!